it. We are rocking, rolling, recording. Episode 443, Derek Hughes, of No Laugh Track Podcast here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. I'm Justin Severson. I get to host this every week. Derek Hughes has not been here uh, since January 4th, 2019, sir. Two years. Almost three. Is that almost three years? We're, we're, I don't know Who if you know, knows? but... Brandon, can you bring a calendar out here? <laughs> Hold on, let me do the math in my the head. The big one from the office so people can see. Yes, we're yes. We're about to hit yes. 2022. Three years. Three, nearly three years. Three years. Yeah, that's nuts. I got here today and Brandon asked, has Derek done the podcast? And you've done like, it's like six, I think, but none in the last almost three years. I think so, this is the seventh. So welcome back. Thank you. We would have done it Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, that's but right. But there was governor. Governor came in and uh, shut us down uh, in the eleventh hour. You that, know, that's right. You often get a week around Thanksgiving here at Acme in the past. Uh, traditionally, I did that because I lived out of town. Yeah, for twenty years I lived in L.A., and so I would always pitch to Lewis. You know, give me a holiday week, and then I could come home with family and spend yeah. time with family, and also have an excuse to leave family at home and come yeah. to the club you know which yeah. is sometimes a blessing during the holidays uh, sure a working uh, home vacation yeah i remember and i you know why i always remember that is because my birthday is right around thanksgiving and i remember one year my plan was to come see Derek hughes on my birthday what? at acme you would have come on your birthday to see me yes and got in such a huge fight with my ex-wife that night that we didn't do shit and i remember saying the words you ruined my birthday because you couldn't go see Derek Hughes' magic show. That's right. Was that why it ended? Is that was that sort of the 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 catalyst of the the relationship falling apart? Wouldn't it be amazing if your name is in the yeah, court records? Oh my god, I'd feel responsible to find you someone new. Yeah, well, things worked out. So <laughs> things worked out. But uh, that is absolutely true. We, I really, I, I swear to you, I remember saying, "You ruined my birthday." Amazing. And it was a night I was going to come see you here. Oh, <laughs> I hate fighting with a partner. You know that's the worst. Uh yeah, yeah. Holiday mm. stress. Yeah, it, it can. Life is that. stressful. Partnership is stressful. Absolutely. Oh my God. I mean, really, there's nothing, nothing harder than a long-term relationship. I, I, not just marriage. I mean, work. Uh, you know. Uh, Penn and Teller. I was gonna say. Remember, you had that uh, assistant for years, and you kicked him to the curb. <laughs> No, you didn't. I, I never had an assistant. <laughs> I never, I never ponied up the money to have an assistant. Is that you, why? Because you I, have to split think, the money. Yeah, you split the dough, and then you know, I, I think it facilitates some like bigger stuff. Like you could cut someone in half, or you know, right? You yeah. Could, um, and but I, I never thought in sort of big show terms like that. I had uh, mentors just talking about, you know, keeping it practical. Like if I can get it into a carry on. Yeah, right. there you go. Uh, you know, so for years, my my whole sort of philosophy on developing material was, will it fit in my carry on? Are you making a joke because Teller is so small and he could fit in a carry on? No, he could pendulum. fit in a carry on. Um, no, but going going back real quick, it's just there. They they have one of the most successful partnerships, you know, ever. Oh yeah, and they love each other uh, and respect each other. I don't think they spend social time together anymore. Sure, you know they. They have a relationship, and it's a working relationship. And, you know, I think that's knowing your role with another human being is 
pretty important. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably better than they read the gossip about each other online than living it with the other one. You know, like, yeah, that's your life. This is mine. <laughs> sure, get together, do the shows. Yeah, I think Penn's a little more scandalous than Teller. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I listened back to the last time we did this, of course, because I always so did I. And uh, episode three twenty two, and at the end of it, you mentioned that that you were about to be sent a bunch of uh, trading cards from the Upper Deck Company. Oh damn it! I f- was going to bring one. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. There it is. So back the amazing in uh, back, yes, back in the in the uh, f- January of 20, 2019, yes. you were talking about they was going to be sent to you. This is based yeah, the amazing Mertz, based on a character you did on uh, Agents of Shield, Marvel's Agents of Shield. That's right. And you, how many of these did you sign? Do you know? I think uh, I think I signed a thousand. A thousand. I think I I think I signed a thousand. Yeah. And then I and then I had to buy one. What? <laughs> I found it on eBay. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I had to send them all back. You know, like there was very, it was very strict protocol with these, you know. So, like on the things. back, it's like, you know, this was, uh, you know, witnessed by a certified blah, blah, blah. How are they certifying that, it, that you actually signed this? How was this certified that you actually there signed this? There was uh, weird paperwork and stuff. Yeah. But they did send it to me. No, no human being was with me. I did. You know, it was sort of like, I had to sign a couple of things, so if it wasn't me, sure, uh, I don't know, I'd be taken to court. How much were you practicing your signature to make it look exactly how you wanted? Be honest, you didn't just start scribbling, because this is a good signature. Thank you. You didn't. uh... But that work happened years ago, Justin. (laughs) That signature was a labor of love. You're damn right. Notebooks in high school. Damn right. (laughs) You're damn right. And then, uh, and then you run it through, you know, uh, uh, handwriting analysis, and you find out that the choices you've made, uh, you know, uh, determine that you are a serial killer, psychopath. Yeah, and so, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you uh, you do a little loop on the Y, uh, the G, Hughes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that cool though? What a weird. So I've totally. Gig. So here's the thing. I forgot that you told me about that, and then. I've been going in preparation for podcast recently. I've just been searching my guest names on eBay, just like wonder what's going to pop up. Maybe oh, it'll be funny. A, maybe it'll be because uh, I found like old, um, you know, eight by tens. Like I bought this weird one from Jeff Cesario's like oh, career from, like, in the early '90s that I'm waiting for him to come back and show to him. Uh, you know, I bought the Jackie Cation comic book on eBay by by searching stuff. Yeah. Um, just anyway, so you just you just find random stuff, you know concert uh you know performance posters from performances and then i'd search your name and saw this and it told, i was like oh that's right and i never got one so it, thankfully it just arrived two days ago i love that you have it uh-huh that's so cool uh-huh it, uh five hundred dollars by the way in case you, no yeah nice <laughs> nice you, you you know and it's when as you ebay uh you know guests names the bigger the guess, the more mundane the things you'll find, right? Like chewing gum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CK's yes, absolutely. Uh, discarded uh, trash. Uh-huh. So congratulations on this now that Thank it's you. a physical thing. I, it's so awesome. Do your sons have any interest? Like, do they realize how cool this is? Absolutely not. None. They, no. They're... Not, not, because they're not into, they love the Marvel Universe, um, but. Do they get that you're now connected? You've been I connected? don't even know if. I've watched the episode with them. What? I know. I need to. 
I get my ass kicked. Yes, you do. I get my ass kicked hard. Yeah. It was fun. Uh-huh. It was good. Uh, if you told me that show was still on right now, I'd go, okay. Is it? I have no it idea. might be. <laughs> I, have no idea. I don't think it is. Craig, um, the producer who created that character uh, and one of the head writers of the show, uh, I, I had the pleasure of performing a number of times for his birthday party in Hollywood oh. uh, after we worked together on the show. Oh, nice. Um, and he, I think he was did, did work on the Percy Jackson movies okay. as a writer. Sure. And I think he's... I follow him on Instagram, and uh, yeah, I, the show's not still going. Yeah. How? So we're uh, we're here Christmas week, of course, yeah. at Acme. Yeah. You had a show last night. We did. It's good show ever. week. Two show week. Um, it was a it was a great show. They were so. This room's always so much fun. I had a very very busy December, my friend. You oh. know, and and so I was uh, curious. What have uh, you been doing? Yeah. It. Uh, I had a just a very sort of eclectic mix of corporate holiday events uh i'd say about half were live and half were virtual you know uh because for the last since we were last sitting in these chairs you know the world fell apart yeah pre-pandemic had you ever done a virtual magic show absolutely not no 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 chance not at all and the idea of doing a virtual show so when the uh when the pandemic got very serious and you know dates started falling off the calendar or getting rescheduled for one and two years out yeah like they're not gonna you know and this is like i had something booked you know uh in october of that year and i got a call from my manager and it's like they're moving it to 2022 and i'm like great i mean it's nice to have work in the in the lineup, you know, it's yeah. nice to know that there's work that's coming. Um, but a lot, you know, everything really did cancel. And uh, my guardian angel, my savior, is my corporate manager, business partner in corporate work, a wonderful man named Bill. And he was like, get me a promo for your virtual show. And I was like, Bill, I don't have a virtual show. And he's like, I don't care. Get me a promo for your virtual show. And he, he rode me on that. He would hit me up every week. Uh, and I, I was kind of ready to not do it just like bail you know like well we'll we'll come back when we come back yeah um because if you remember pretty much right away a lot of comics and a lot of performers were offering their live show on facebook live yeah you know thursday i'm gonna do my show on facebook live and you can pay me through patreon and that i watched some of those shows and a it's a live show that they're trying to do on video, you know, like it didn't work. Yeah, it was bad. They were not entertaining. They weren't really great shows. It was what would be great live, totally reduced. One to, camera. Ugh. Yeah. Right. Ugh. And there was this. It kind of felt a little desperate too. Like people that were doing it. Like, uh, it just it yeah. all felt wrong. Yeah. And I. I didn't want to just do my act that I do live, you know, in front of a camera. That so I had to think about what that framing is. Yeah. What is what is Zoom and what would feel like magic if I were sitting alone in a room watching my computer with a, you know, a, a Brady Bunch grid of other humans and a magician and then so what would be magic there? And 
came up with a handful of pretty okay ideas and put them together and had an idea for the promo. I didn't, I didn't, I hated the idea of a promo that was like, uh, you know, here's my Zoom show. Here's some footage of me in Zoom. Uh, I wanted the promo to be entertaining in a, of itself, and yeah. I and I kind of had this, I had this idea of I'm talking to the camera in a nice studio, and uh, I keep getting interrupted by a voiceover that's telling the viewer how great I am. You know, hi, Derek Hughes has performed on MTV VH1, and it's this deep, you know, announcer voice, and then it, and and uh, video images are kind of coming up on the screen and overlapping me and I'm kind of getting <laughs> surrounded by my credits yeah, and yeah. push it away and I'm like okay that said the zoom show I'm going to offer is you know uh and then at the end it cuts to my son in a voiceover booth saying now can I have that cookie ah! <laughs> right so so the whole thing is a gag like yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, thing it. is a little entertaining uh and once I had that idea I was like okay I can make this promo and and then uh started working in zoom and and wanted to also kind of take the piss out of the whole forum, you know, like in my Zoom presentation throughout the show, my doorbell keeps ringing and I'm like, oh, hold on. Uh, I ordered something and it was said it was late, but we might be in luck. And I leave the frame and then I, I have a behind the scenes tech guy, um, Matt, who he then plays a video of a bad FedEx delivery, like a meme. You know, and then I come back in with a box, and I'm like, "Hey, it got here, great!" I think I saw some of this. You, yeah, yeah. You, I, and I'm I like, "Hey, we have a live feed back at the headquarters. How how are they liking it?" And it's black and white footage of an audience this. from the 1920s, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. So just jokes, just kind of keeping it light and yeah. and taking advantage of the tech, and it ended up really like I had a very busy couple years. It's so weird, and it. Looks like it may have to continue. I'm not dismantling. <laughs> I'm not dismantling the studio. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I made the uh, premature joke, um, you know, last spring or whatever. Like uh, thoughts and prayers go to the guy at the mall selling masks, thinking like he's his business is done. And then, hmm, no, I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I had, I had to go buy more a few months or a few weeks ago. When the hybrid, when it was sort of the world was kind of opening up. You know, and we knew that live dates were starting to book f through the holiday. Um, Bill had reached out and was like, "Hey, would you ha be able to do your virtual show, uh, you know, from the road? Like, oh. if I booked you on a live thing, and then in the afternoon I booked you on a virtual, could you do it, you know, basically from a hotel room?" Yeah. And I'm a big yes and kind of guy, you know. Okay. And I want to work, and I said, "Yeah," and. So two weeks ago, I had two days back-to-back -back where in the afternoon, I was doing a virtual from a hotel room, and then a live that night at the venue, and then traveling to a new hotel for a virtual, and then a live at night, and I will never do it again. Okay. I have never been so stressed, um, and I was only able to do one virtual. I was in San Francisco, Cavallo Point, beautiful venue. This uh, like old army fort at the foot of the Golden Gate Bridge is now this, you know, swanky uh, venue. Okay. Hotel, restaurants, and uh, I got in a day early and I set up all my cameras and lights. I brought all this freaking equipment. Man, did not fit in the carry on. Uh, you know, going back to my mm -hmm. core philosophy, mm -hmm. this was a lot of shit. <laughs> oh my god, I needed a roadie and. 
did the virtual that afternoon and like I, I hadn't accounted for like light at that time of day. So middle of the show, I'm getting a weird shadow on my head from the and I'm like, I had to get up and close the blinds. Oh, and they were very happy. It went great because they don't they didn't know the offering I'm super comfortable with. Oh, like, sure. you know, I'm more comfortable in my studio because I've done it hundreds of times and I I'm there and I, I have my resources and yeah. I know my the, the most stressful was ethernet like what's your connectivity hotel you know because i yeah right um God, could you imagine it cuts out like and, and no no and back, it's happened the trick is done, it's happened like, ah, knock on wood it has uh, not happened to uh, me but i have had friends who they they have absolutely lost you know the show like it, they everything shut down and then no one can log back in and good night um, <laughs> and they're just standing there in the rabbits like Twitching its nose. Yeah, waiting. Where'd that rabbit, where'd that rabbit come from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that that night, I had to go from San Francisco to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it was the blizzard. Oh. So I'm at my connecting flight, and I'm looking at the like swirling blue blob on the weather channel. Yeah. And dead center, is it- Sioux Falls. Nice. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, I was on the last flight. All flights after my flight were canceled. Uh, sure. So I made it to the live show, but I didn't make it in time for the virtual. And I knew that was going to happen. So the night before, while I was get you know literally getting ready to go on stage for the live show in San Francisco, I was texting Bill and another great performer, Colin Cloud, who's uh, he's in Vegas right now doing a live show at the Mirage, but also a ton of virtuals. And Colin was available at the time. And he filled in. Oh, wow. Awesome. And the client signed off on it. You know, I says, I hate to do this. Either we cancel, reschedule, or you get this other awesome performer. Yeah. And then, and that, and don't tell anyone, but I was fucking relieved. (laughs) I didn't want to set up in a room and do it again. Like, I, I just. I think you should have set up on the plane. (laughs) Go, go. Hey, everybody. I'm using go, go internet here. I'm getting a glare. Excuse yeah. me. Wake up. Close your window. I'm getting a good glare. <laughs> no refreshments now. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, part yeah, of yeah. the show. This is part of the show. Uh, so I brought this thing with me that I want to. Um, have you? Do you have? Do you happen to have this? I brought another little thing here. 250 parlor or mag- parlor tricks or magic made easy. Oh no. Now I'm going to hand this to you, but you have to be careful because I have some pieces of paper in here, some things I'm going to read to you. So oh. j- just take a quick glance at that. There are some pieces of paper in there that could fall out, but take a look at that. Look at this. Yeah, I looked it up on eBay. There's no dates in there. It seems to be about a hundred years old, give or take. Sure. Um, I'm going to do. Do you? Are you a collector of stuff like that? At I all? collect magic ephemera. Um, mostly I am into posters. Post. Oh, I think you've told me that before. Yes, posters. You know, a catalog like this is interesting and nostalgic to look at. Uh, I'm more posters, and then I also, I will buy at auction, like, uh, books, uh, because they have secrets that haven't been seen in many years, and I will go through old books. Sure. To try to find new material for my, you know, my brain. Okay. So before I get to that, that just brings up another thing I want to talk about. In that uh, Copperfield, David Copperfield has a new book about his museum, right? Yeah. yeah. And you've talked on this podcast. You've yeah. been to his museum. Yeah. You've seen the stuff. And it just keeps growing and getting more um, 
Like it's it's more uh, how how does it like it's like a you were telling me there's stuff, but it wasn't really visible, and it's now getting set up more and more as a museum. It is correct? now like a beautiful experience. It's a you move into a new room, and he has music and lighting cues. I mean, it's it's a show. Yeah, it's a walking show. It's absolutely incredible. And let me tell you, I'm blown away by this, but. Uh, Copperfield sent me a signed copy of that book. What? I know. And I was like, why am I getting a signed copy of this book to to Derek? You know, like, I was just so humbled and overwhelmed and blown away because, come on, man, when I'm 12, this guy's making the Statue of Liberty disappear, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I want to be, I want to be that guy. It I'm was, so. It's almost like you're looking over my shoulder right now, but you're not. Are you? Use, you're using your magic powers to know that I'm just about to say something about that Statue of Liberty thing, ah. David Copperfield. So I found this interview that he did recently. I think it's tied into the this book. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, about his museum and uh, this says you famously. This is a, uh, they're talking to David Copperfield. It says you famously made the Statue of Liberty disappear in 1983. In recent years, a number of people have attempted to explain how you did it, including by having the spectators all stand on a whatever giant giant lazy Susan, so it turns slowly. What do you say to that? Do you know what he says to this? Do you have any idea? No. What he says? Well, you know, it's amazing. There are so many versions of how I do my things out there, and people are surprised when they go on the internet. Well, somebody's revealing your secrets. He says, guess what? You know who made that? I made those misdirected method videos. People actually believe that those methods were real when actually they are kind of a fantasy thing to throw people off. Is he really making How fake cool. videos to throw people off? Of course he is. That's insane. Of course he is. Did you know that? I did not. Amazing. I love it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then do you know th this about Mr. David Copperfield? Uh, so then this interview, this interview goes on to him to talk about like the, uh, how he got into the, initially when he apparently bought some of this stuff, he wasn't even really into the history of, of magic. And since then he's obviously loves it and has keep adding to the, uh, the stories. And, uh, so someone said, are all the secrets to your illusions also somewhere in the museum? And do you know where his, uh, do you know where he's like all the secrets to his tricks are? Do you have any idea? And no. I don't even know if this is true. My, this is David Copperfield. My stuff is actually in a very special place. We put all of my secrets etched into nickel discs, which will last forever. Nickel will last for billions of years. It's all miniaturized, and you need a microscope to see it. And we blasted it off in space, and it actually crash-landed on the moon with a lander last year. What? So many of my secrets are literally on the moon. That package of knowledge might be found someday. It's pretty amazing to walk out of your house and think, my stuff that I touched and worked on my whole life, I preserved in a non-degradable form on our moon, which is pretty incredible. Is that real? <laughs> well, he's a billionaire, so maybe. It seems like billionaires are going into space. Uh, what the fuck? That's unreal, man. But I can see him. This guy, you know, really... It's his life. Like, his life is his life. I, He doesn't do anything else but think about his show and his magic and his uh, and his legacy. I was going to say, you legend. better be saying legacy because, yeah, holy no, cow. No, he's a master of, of painting and, and, uh, and creating the myth, you know, a legend. Um, that's wild. 
shot into space. Sure. What? Crazy. What other secrets? Crazy. And you know, and it's basically the equivalent of that, you know, old hundred year old pamphlet you have in front of you. You Absolutely. know, like yeah. I mean Yeah, it's his pamphlet, but then etched in nickel and mini Get out your well, you have to also have magic glasses to read them. Sure. It makes magic secrets way more important. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like wow, way to raise the bar. So this is something I want to bring to your attention out of this book. So this, uh, you know, of the 250 parlor tricks or magic made easy, right? This one, it says uh, cure. Do you say cure or cure? Where'd you get that thing? I don't know. I've Just, had it for okay. years. I don't even. What this time- is, listener, is it's a, it's a very thin, it's probably 40 pages of uh, paper, not hardbound. And Ooh. it's a catalog, like a, almost like a mail order catalog. From a magic shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From Exa- probably exactly. the turn of the last century. So this one is uh, Cure for the Troublesome Spectator. All right? It's like a heckler stopper. It sounds like a heckler stopper. Yes. Do you, do you have a heckler stopper? <laughs> <laughs> because I can tell you, oh my goodness, it's so hard to read this. Uh, basically, this says that uh, you, I read this earlier. You basically, if someone's giving you a hard time in the, in the audience, it says it's normally a young boy. And that you need to uh, then call them out and say, can you do a better job with magic? And then you hand them over this magic whistle to see if they can make magic come out. You tell them to take a big uh, uh, breath of air and blow out of it. And when they blow out of it, it covers their face in powder. Fantastic. <laughs> what the fuck? That's great. The anthrax whistle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the so, 70s disco party whistle <laughs> yeah like did 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 magic at some point take a turn where it was like more like like it went from being like uh mean to uh nice you know no but it, it is funny that idea of like how to deal with people interrupting your intended plan right like i have a friend who's he's a wonderful performer but he does not deal well with with uh you know someone who's kind of going off the script right he's not a he's not great with hecklers and he gets mean pretty quick like he'll say hey how about you shut the fuck up i'm doing the show that changes the mood of the room yeah you know um and that's how that's how that's his path uh i had a mentor a guy in chicago named eugene Berger, and he brought up early on for me the idea that hecklers they don't want to ruin the show. They think they're helping the show. Yeah. This was really great for me to hear. You know, he's like, they think they're a part of it. So you got to approach them with that mindset. And uh, also, the second thing he said was, also have such a tight, strong show that there's not room for people to, right, you know, throw a wrench into it. Uh-huh. And those were two great, great things. And uh now, if someone calls something out, I, I try to see where they're coming from, in a way. And yeah. maybe maybe that's where the real show is that night, you know, because that can be fun. Yeah, it's got to be different when they're on Zoom. Keep those mics down, right? Oh, my God. Right? Keep those mics I'm down. I'm telling you, it's, it's I, just abysmal. I had this problem with Zoom. The first handful of shows, Justin, were like, I would be so depressed because the show would end, and i turn off my camera, and then I'm standing alone in a room. Like, was that even good? And then uh, a couple months in, I turned my camera off, but I stayed in. And I was able to listen to them talking. 
and it was oh. exactly what I needed. They were like, Carol, were you in on that? Did he? No, I have no idea. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Oh, and, you know, and I could hear that they had had fun. And oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and and I needed, I really needed that at the time, and that gave me uh, some wind in my sails to to keep moving forward with that. Not that it would have, but thank goodness it didn't go a different way. They were were like, did we pay for that? (laughs) It could have, no doubt. I mean, that's the insecurity, right? (laughs) Right? As a performer, you're you're afraid, like, really. Was that his first time? Yeah, right? And and when you're getting paid, you do feel this sort of, man, I feel like I got to be worth it. Sure, oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. And there's always a little shadow of a doubt. Like, I don't know, because you're just you know doing tricks and jokes and being you and why should that be worth anything <laughs> what can you do this one kill a bird he's back into the catalog kill a bird and restore it to life again oh yeah you saw the uh the prestige <laughs> so you need a lot of birds yeah <laughs> so i was reading this one uh to make it appear to the audience that you actually restore life to the bird you must have two birds that are alike of course uh, you just have one secreted under the table, the trick table. You then present, present, then in presence of an audience member, kill the other bird. Come on! It literally says it in the directions: kill it's, the other bird in front of the audience. It was once an accepted method. That's how we did sawing a human in half too. Uh, like sacrifice a human. You needed twins. <laughs> Poor pauper twins. Uh, you know, usually orphans. Sure. Vagabonds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who never made a missing persons list. Yeah, it's yeah. just forgotten about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what, when do you think they stopped killing birds on stage? This is crazy. I think they stopped killing birds on stage. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to say. 90s? Uh, yeah, probably. You know, Copperfield's third special. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember it's horrifying. Ch- it's a horrifying method. There is a there is a thing with a bird though. You know, you can take a bird. It's very interesting and sort of twist its neck and not in a in a way that it almost paralyzes it. You know, and it it seems dead. And then by shaking it, it it comes back to life. So that's that's a but even that is, you know, people are like that's not cool. No. To the bird. So right above this, there's, I don't know. The there's birds another are version. Dumb. Birds are dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> if they're even real, you don't want to kill them. If they're even real, I I have my doubts. Yeah. So uh, right above that, it says it's the uh, the more humane version of that trick where you're turning a glove. It into gives a, an option. Yeah. You instead of doing the second says, bird, you if you have a, an aversion to murder, yeah, just just use one of your get some gloves. Gloves basically. Turn your glove into that other bird. Like maybe you just should have done that one in originally. Well, it's kind of a well. Skip the dead bird. Well, one is a wonderful illusion, like whoa, he turned his glove. The other is this person has powers, sure. you yes. know. So, uh, yeah, Blaine did a thing fantastic with a dead fly. He brought a dead fly back to life in one of his specials. Oh, I think I remember. Very that. old. Yeah, secret, that, that, you know? that sounds familiar. Um, that sounds very familiar. That's right. But and and how do we feel about that? Are flies like? Do we? Oh yeah. Is that hu- cruel? Is there oh. cruelty to flies? Yeah, no one cares about flies. Is that true? I, okay. There probably is someone actually. I think there. There probably. Is I think, someone. for sure, there is someone who's like flies have rights. <laughs> so I got one more here. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is to. I just love the description of this one. To render faces hideous in appearance. To render faces hideous in appearance. A lot of these things I noticed, 
have uh like, is that just you hand someone a makeup wipe yeah right is uh <laughs> so you uh you steep some hay saffron in alcohol for 12 hours then add common salt to it which is then dissolved and poured onto the you set fire to it then everything in the company who are in fair in complexion will appear green and those who are ruddy will assume a deep olive color the red of the lips and cheeks will in in all cases appear of a deep olive tint so strange that is bizarre but and I, it seems like it could be a carcinogen like, and that's what i was going to get to is a lot of things in this book are like uh ether sulfuric acid like there's all these the like, chemistry set tricks sure and i'm corrected this is not a catalog this is this is a book of methods yes but i also but i will say that i saw other versions of this on ebay that was it seemed almost bigger it had it was catalog it okay. was like order this now and yeah so yeah, sure. So some of those, yeah, there's chemical methods for things that aren't. Did you ever mess cool with that? Anymore. Like uh, tricks like that where you were mis mixing? No, there was a story of a, of a guy. He he had a very famous effect where he he made his fist like a almost like a Fonzie fist, thumb up, but bending the thumb back, and he would mime putting tobacco into his fist and then start puffing on his thumb, and smoke would come out of his mouth, <laughs> and he would start blowing smoke rings. And it was a it was a very dangerous chemical that he had sort of hidden in a device in his cheek, and apparently he did get very sick and die. You know, Ooh. like it, it was not, but it was famous bit. You know, sure. And what a great effect. Because <laughs> um, then he would take the smoke. He covered a wine glass with a with a handkerchief, and then he make the smoke. He kind of grab the smoke from the air and throw it towards the wine glass, and then slowly move away the handkerchief. And now the wine glass is full of smoke. It's a beautiful trick, um, but not worth the price. No, no, I guess not. No. I learned a ton of cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Health insurance, life insurance carriers. Uh, <laughs> I'd say I would admire magicians who smoke cigarettes. And uh, I, but I, as a younger man, learned a bunch of magic tricks, great tricks, sleight of hand with cigarettes yeah. that are useless now. Sure. I mean, I do that. I will do them with crayons. Yeah, yeah, yeah slightly toothpick. different, different cool factor. Can you do that? Where you just like flip it in your mouth? Is that a magic trick? Or is I that would just do that. Thing yeah, cool yeah. Kids did in high that, school. No, that's a cool thing. But it turns into a magic trick. So, it's a stunt when you watch someone does it and you see them do it. They flip the you, lit cigarette in their mouth. That's yeah. right. But when you add a hand reaching up and covering it, flipping into your mouth. And then acting like you're taking the cigarette away from your mouth, and it disappears, and then it's back in your mouth. Now it's a nice trick. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I would do that. I mean, I could have, I would have, if I had ever smoked. Right. But you never did, so you no, couldn't. No, no. I was uh, born, I had heart surgery, man. I would be an idiot to smoke anything, ever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the camera you look directly into and say okay, stuff like great. that. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you about. And and I maybe I've asked you this about this before, but what have you ever and what is stopping you from just being the guy that hangs out at a bar and just you know tricks some people like uh, I bet I can make that paperclip disappear. No, you can't. Ten bucks. I bet I can. You sure, know, just, like Harry the Hat, like yeah. uh, Harry Anderson, his character on Cheers, yeah, like a, what, like what a bar stopping, con man. What is stopping you from doing that? Uh, fatherhood. <laughs> you know, like like I have time to go to a bar. And hang out. <laughs> I go to bed at eight now, man. <laughs> um, I will say I do. 
more than bar bets and and like using my powers to uh to get free drinks and money yeah uh <laughs> uh i do love random acts of magic yeah you know like with the barista yes uh, and with like hanging in a line um and I would do that much more. I feel like I did that a lot more as a younger man. Like lots of magic all the time, kind of always on. Um, maybe to the point of annoying. I, I don't. I hope not. Um, I feel like it's a little different now as a grown-up, full-sized human being, because humans, they. What do you want, man? What do you want from me? Like, yeah. there's an energy of, like, getting past the threshold of, like, I want to show you something cool. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so it's, I don't do it as much as I should or could. Uh, but I do love just doing random magic for people. Because I would love to go out with you, like, in an afternoon and we just, like, make a killing off, you know. <laughs> You're going back to using it. You want to con- You want to steal yeah, you have, this is a get-rich-quick scheme, Derek. Christmas is, uh, presents are not free. No, they are not. Yeah, no, they are not. Yeah. Last year, I got. I my need to kids, pay off a credit uh, card bill, man. <laughs> uh, well, no, you don't have to. You just pay the minimum payment. <laughs> per- perpetuity. Talk about a scam. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who's con and who? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I got Oculus last Christmas. Yes. The the virtual, virtual reality. reality. Yeah. And Christmas night, everyone goes to bed, and I set up the perimeter in the basement, and I'm checking it out. And there's this game called Super Hot, where you're like, you're kind of punching at people, and you're you're dodging bullets, and uh, I just punch my TV. <laughs> no, no. I totally shatter <laughs> our 45 inch flat screen new TV, and. I'm just devastated. I laugh. I can't even get mad. And I immediately order a new TV, and it's three days for delivery. You know, so we got, Christmas was t- no TV last year for three days. <laughs> wow. I know. I'm glad you didn't say, like, and then I knocked my wife out with one punch because she was, like, no. coming in through the room. No, no, like, but it could. You yeah. know, like, literally, like, it's you i had made the mistake you if you haven't played one of these things you set your parameter you draw a line on the ground and then that sets a barrier and if you get close to it the image of the game goes away and you kind of see a grayscale version of the room oh okay you kind I didn't of poke notice. your head through the perimeter and you can see the room and you come back into the virtual space wherever you draw that circle well i just drew it like as close to the wall well, yeah. like i made it, you know like it's right along the line of the tv <laughs> and not Three minutes before I decked the TV, I stumbled over the couch and almost took out our blinds. You know, like big noise. You, you know, you don't do this until you set up the camera and record yourself. <laughs> I'm serious. Man. Yeah, I mean, there should be recording of that. Uh, there Dis- should be. Disappointing that there's not. And I haven't. It's been a year, and I haven't thrown that TV away because I just can't. I, I searched. There's no way to fix a flat screen. It's disposable. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. And I can't. I just can't even wrap my head around it. I'm I refuse to throw away this broken TV because I'm convinced somewhere someone can fix it. No, I grew up near a place that was a TV repair guy. Yeah, and 
they've been out of business for yeah 20 years no because the flat screen i guess it's just too yeah. it just doesn't make sense financially yeah no to replace the screen and people just, stopped stopped bringing in their vcrs and tube tvs and we had this issue with uh uh one of our tvs that it's a smart tv but it stopped streaming hulu like the software no longer and we had to get a like an external like a, a fire stick and now we don't use the tv to stream right our our uh you know all the shit we pay for <laughs> we now use this a secondary device and now the tv is just a monitor like any of the streaming software oh, I gotcha. is out yeah. of date uh-huh. And there was no, like, we looked it up and it's like, nope, that TV's done. Yeah. I'm so grossed out. Mm-hmm. We've come a long way since the first TV I bought, with, which was with money. It was... It was <laughs> Not my, credit. It was with money from my paper route. Ah! And it was a black and white TV. Yeah, it was. That just had freaking, di- like, not even a remote, just dials. That was like $125 at Best Buy in, you know, Fantastic. 1980, whatever. And yeah, or 90, 80 something, 90 something. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I couldn't even play my video game, my Nintendo on it, because it was black and white, but I wanted my own TV so bad. So, uh, right, right before I, um, I was living in New York, but I was back here and in Uptown, and a guy on the street offered to sell me this, this handheld color TV for, I don't know, 100 bucks. I was like, or 50, you know, whatever, cheap, yeah, you know, and new. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. And I bought it. And I'm going into your, like, the con man. You wanted to see, you know, maybe we could uh, get a con con thing going. Yes. Uh, I buy this TV. And then uh, I go into the Best Buy that's around the corner to see how much that TV would cost, this handheld pocket color TV. And I go and I find it on the display, but the display model is missing. <laughs> And in my pocket is a flat, is a small, is the same model. So I discreetly leave the store because I bought this TV. You know, alarm goes off when you're leaving. So I, I'm pretty sure I bought that stolen TV. So cut to uh, I'm in New York City with my buddy, and a guy holds up a package of a video camera, you know, for cheap, and it's wrapped, and I'm like. Let me see it. And he's like, whoa, 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 the money, the money. And it's like a hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, great, let's do it. I just, I just totally had great luck with this same type of transaction. <laughs> and I pay him and we go around the corner and it's a, it's a box wrapped in uh, like Sunday advertising paper for a video camera, yeah. cellophane around it. And it's a brick in the box. So I got my comeuppance and I, you know, I, I ended yes, up you did. paying full price for that <laughs> flat screen TV. Did you ship that brick back to Minnesota? Um, no, I re-wrapped it and sold it to uh, some dumbass <laughs> on the street. No. You re-gifted it. Yeah. No. I'll tell you, that little handheld TV, though, was the only TV I had when I was uh, had f- moved to L.A. and 9-11. I watched... The 9-11 news. On like a four-inch screen? On a four-inch screen with AA batteries until the batteries died. Oh, my goodness. And I had no batteries. And I was sitting in an apartment in Venice Beach, and the world was on fire. Yeah. And uh, you might be the only one who has that as their 9-11 story. Probably. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I, I watched so. it on a, on a stolen television. I think so. This has been fun. 
Merry Christmas, Derek. Dude, Justin, thank you. Uh, uh, really appreciate you doing this every week, man. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, let Come back and do a week at Acme uh, more sooner than a few years from now. No more pandemics. Oh, I look things. forward to it. I'm so glad the club's open. It's so great to be back on this stage. It's the best club in the world. We where, all know it. Yeah, and where should be uh, your social media? You should mention that. Stand Up Magician. Yep. Stand Up Magician. Like Stand Up Comic, but Stand Up Magician. That's .com. At uh, Stand Up Magician Twitter. Stand Up Magician on Insta. Stand Up Magician on TikTok. Uh, Grinder. Stand Up Magician. No, I'm not a grinder. Uh, Stand Up Magician, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.